On this week's episode, we interview Cesar Correa, otherwise known as F3 Pennies. He's from the Knoxville region. Pennies is going to tell us about his life growing up from Brazil, moving to Boston without speaking the language, working and going to school and hardly ever sleeping. This man has learned a good work ethic, but mostly about his job ministering to youth in the Knoxville area. He spent a lot of years doing that and having a huge impact there through a ministry there. And just sit back and listen to this man. You will be humbled, inspired, and motivated. Welcome to the High Impact Man podcast. High impact men from across the nation sharing their stories of inspiration, encouragement, and hope. Gosh, seek transformational relationships. Now, what you're hearing from the culture is not right. Pick up the six, you know what I mean? But you never know who your six sometimes is. Stop being less. To help others become the virtuous leaders they are called to be and that our nation desperately needs. Welcome to another episode of the High Impact Man Podcast. This is Nevin Gorky. I'm your host, known as DFib, in the gloom with my brothers from F3. F3 stands for Fitness Fellowship and Faith, and if you don't know about it, you're going to learn a little bit about that today on our podcast episode. Uh, we have a guest here, uh, Caesar Caesar Correa, uh, known as Pennies to the F3 guys. You're going to know why he's a high impact man, and uh, and we're looking forward to talking to him. But before that, let me introduce my co-host, Dial-Up. He is all known as Troy Klinger as well. <laughs> Dial-Up in the gloom. I'm Dial-Up, also known as Troy Klinger. Yeah, something like that. I got That's him true. backwards. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. yeah. Otherwise known as. Uh, so this is, we're, we're uh, recording this on January 19th, and I think this is going to air somewhere toward the end of February, about a month from now. Not end of February, end of January. End of January. Well, we've got like three before. Right, I'm, I'm trying to figure here. out if uh, I'm looking. They will I'm have looking. played the Super Bowl by the time this airs. Ooh, will I have? Uh, this one should be February sixth. When's the Super Bowl? That's a good question. We don't know, folks. We don't, don't know. know. The Steelers. Wait, <laughs> you don't care, wait, right? Because you're because the Steelers are not. They, in they it. still have the Super Bowl when the Steelers. <laughs> <are in it>? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, pennies. You know when the Super Bowl is? We're trying to figure this out. February 12th. Oh, thank you. I was thinking that because they built right. that weekend. It used to always be like the first weekend in February, but then right. they moved it out a few yeah. years ago, right? They put in like an extra week for the hype. hype, hype, and, hype. Yeah. Yeah. So what we're going to, so when this is airing, people will be waiting to see who the Eagles are going to beat. <laughs> well, yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. I, I'll, I'll cheer for the other Pennsylvania team. All right. Good. Yeah, good. I'm good, fine. Good. <laughs> Especially since my daughter's dating this Eagles guy now, so uh, not not Eagles player, but a kid, fan, a, a kid yeah. from outside of Philly, right? This, right. this his family's corrupting her. Yes, they got her a sweatshirt for Christmas. Finally, she sent me a picture, all smiling in it. I'm like, uh, you, you do look good in it, I guess. But bringing her into the Eagles yeah. fan fold, <laughs> I love it. Knowing Elena, she is she is, she has a mind of her own. Don't worry, yeah, folks. Yeah. She will not be uh, easily swayed. All right, so pennies, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's a pleasure having you on. Looking forward to talking to you, man, for a number of reasons. Uh, I know that uh, that uh, that you're a high-impact man because you've been referred to us by Pickles. You're going to have to tell us about Pickles because uh, I don't know Pickles that well either, but believe me, um, we listen to the other people out there when they refer someone, they say they're a high-impact man. So, And we got your bio, so we know a little bit about you and, and looking forward to talking to you. So the first thing... Uh, we're going to ask is what usually you guys get asked with F3, like how did you get involved with F3, who EH'd you, and how did you get your name Pennies? Yeah, great question. So I uh, got involved with F3 
uh, back in May of last year. Oh, and um, and uh, a buddy of mine, uh, E.H. Me, a uh, guy that I uh, I was the youth pastor um, at, a, at a church that he's still a member of, and he was one of my youth leaders back when I was the youth pastor. And uh, his name is uh, Red Sleepy, and he's actually the uh, the AO at um, um, at uh, the Speedway in Seymour, Tennessee. And so he, uh, I, I kept seeing his posts about F3 on his Facebook page, and uh, kept you know kept thinking about it. And uh, finally, I told him, I asked, him, I was like, when do you guys meet? And um, he's like, um, he told me when we met. And so I showed up one day, and I almost died. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and I've been hooked ever since, right? You know, it's, uh, I've been there. It's been the best thing that's happened to me. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's how, how I got started with it. Um, my name, um, you know, I got asked for, you know, for a funny story. And so I shared when um, there was this one time um, I was um, doing announcements at church and at the end of the service. And, um, our church was having a vacation Bible school in a few weeks. Uh, and, uh, the kids were going to be doing this, um, this thing where you take, you know, old pennies and you dip them in a solution and it cleans them up, mm -hmm. uh, makes them shiny again. And so they were going to use that as a, as an illustration of, for the gospel and how God cleanses us and, you know, yeah. makes us clean again. And so the children's uh, director had asked me to make an announcement, asking people to bring pennies to the church. And so at the end of the service, we had a great church service. You know, everybody's just on a high. I get up there and I said, folks, I need you to go through all your drawers and bring me all your dirty pennies. And before I could finish, people started laughing. Um, and uh, so just going through the drawers, bringing dirty pennies, <laughs> and we get the picture. All right. <laughs> um, so uh, they wanted the, the guys wanted to call me Dirty Pennies, uh, but uh, Rep Sleepy told them, "No, let's let's make it a little bit more uh, G instead of uh, right. uh, rated R." So uh, we're stuck with pennies instead. All right, Rep Sleepy. I said pickles. Is Rep Sleepy? Rep Sleepy is uh, is the guy that that referred me. He, yes. Yeah. How did I get pickles? Where did that come from? <laughs> I don't, I don't know. know but that's All right, listen, F3 Pickles, if you're out there, I'm sorry. I misused your name. Rep Sleepy, I apologize for getting it wrong. I hope there's I someone out there with the F3 name Pickles because that's a good well, one. Well, there's probably multiple, but probably. Yeah, but I think I got a reference from Pickles too, and I just got Is there a Pickles up. that we're supposed to have on? Probably. Did someone refer a Pickles to us? They may have, yeah. I've got it written down somewhere. Yeah. We get a lot of referrals dialed. Yeah, that's true, know. yeah. I got. I just got I got to get to them. You know, it takes a little <laughs> while. Sorry, Rep. I apologize, man. All right, so uh, pennies, you. Uh, I'm going to call you pickles. I know I'm going to do that. All right, so pennies, <laughs> uh, tell me uh, what you do. I, I, we're going to we're going to kind of go back in time and get your get your story. Let you tell your story, but I want to know what you're doing right yeah. now. Like, so um, you were a pastor. Are you still pastoring? I know you're involved with a, another sort of parachurch group. Yeah, I'm no longer uh, pastoring. Uh, what I do now is I work for a Christian organization here in Knoxville, Tennessee, called Emerald Youth Foundation, mm -hmm. uh, which is uh, an organization that serves um, underprivileged and at-risk youth in uh, the urban areas of Knoxville, where we provide um, families and opportunities for after-school programs where we help students with um, 
homework help, tutoring. Um, but also we, we try to engage uh, kids in the community. Uh, and we do this in partnership with local churches in the uh, in urban areas of Knoxville. And so all of our after-school programs are hosted by these churches. And so we work directly with these churches and try to help them engage with their neighborhoods. Um, and so our goal is to reach students in three main areas, areas of faith, learning, and health. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so that's one of the, one of the areas, that's the area that I oversee in our ministry. I oversee our after-school program ministry, our staff, our teams, uh, and, and really our partnerships with the local churches that we work with. Um, so my, my background uh, as a pastor, having worked in, uh, in church ministry, kind of is uh, giving me a lot of uh, experience and just kind of understanding how the church works and how to, how to communicate with pastors and church leaders in that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, we serve, uh, that's one of, one of the branches of our ministry. The other is uh, our sports leagues. We, we, have, we offer sports leagues for kids in the inner city and just provide opportunities for them to be engaged in soccer, basketball, volleyball, wrestling, baseball, all kinds of things that they may not have the opportunity to be a part of. Uh, we provide um, you know, those opportunities through, uh, we have several uh, basketball um, gyms and soccer fields that we operate. Uh, so it's, uh, we've been blessed uh, to, to really have a lot of people in the city in our community that invest in our ministry. And so we're able to, uh, to reach um, close to, I would say probably the 2,500 to 3,000 kids every year through our ministry. So, wow. um, so that's a really, really cool thing. Do you, are any of those like upward sports or is it all year round? <laughs> no, it's, it's, uh, it's not, not upward, but it's similar. We, we do host, uh, we work with uh, AAU and we work with the, the schools as well. Um, but, um, we do, um, you know, it's similar to upward in the sense of, uh, all of our, you know, and, and our coaches, they always do devotions with the kids yeah. and they do, um, you know, do that, have that, that, that time with them. Um, but then we also do competitive leagues, uh, uh for, for kids. Um, we have a swim team that we have, I've gotten kids in, uh, in, uh, urban areas in the inner city of Knoxville involved in swimming, which is something that most of them had never really um, never didn't even know how to swim and now they're competing against uh, kids from the you know the the, the more expensive areas of town and uh, so it's, it's really cool to see these opportunities be um, you know kids participating in these these things that they would not have had those uh, the opportunities to do before that's that's just amazing. That sounds that's, massive, doesn't yeah, it? Sound it does. massive. It's like a lot of kids. Yeah. Like a lot of kids, but they've got they got basketball courts, soccer fields. You got to have a swimming pool if you're doing swimming. Yeah. We do. Yeah, we do. And uh, we have our own. We uh, we we work in conjunction with the city of Knoxville. So it's it's the city of Knoxville. It's a it's a it's a pool that they op that they own, but we operate. They've uh, they've given us access to operate and maintain it. And so we have, wow. we run, uh, we, every, uh, all of our after school, uh, elementary programs, um, uh, spend a, a week and a half, uh, going at, after school to the pool where they learn how to swim. So one of the main things that, especially, uh, in the African American community is there's a, there's very few of them, very few kids know how to swim. Right. So one of the things that we're trying to do is teach kids how to swim, um, and get them, 
least at least that life skill, you know, because they, they're able, a lot of their parents don't know how to swim. And so they're very, uh, very leery of, of, of that. So the fact that we've not just, are, we're not just teaching them how to swim, but now that we're also giving them opportunity and a lot of them are competing right. in the swim team um, that we, that we have and we're participating in that. And it's just, it opens so many opportunities and doors for them as they go on to, you know, uh, high school and eventually college, they can get scholarships through that. And it just opens a whole yeah. new world to so many of our kids that they was not um, known before. Yeah. That, that's, I'm, I'm just blown away by the, the, by the size of this because yeah. you must not just have the facilities and stuff, but the amount of staff you must have to maintain a swimming mm-hmm. pool, the coaches, you must have people that are coaching. I mean, do you, are these yeah. volunteer people from the community? Yeah, so I was going to ask, are all they, the coaches uh, volunteers? Yeah. Or? Right. Yeah. Yeah, most of our coaches are volunteers, so we we depend on um, we depend on uh, a lot of people just just giving their time and 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 really pouring into the lives of, of the kids in the community and the in the neighborhoods that we serve. Um, we do have uh, we do have about a hundred um, close to a hundred now full time staff, and that includes um, our teams that are running the. Uh, the programs that are running our sports leagues, um, you know, kind of manning that, um, but also the the back office folks, the people that are out there right. doing the you know fundraising and and um, just building relationships with businessmen, businesswomen, and um, just recruiting people to to support us, not just with manpower but also financially. So we have a, a really strong team of people that are that are doing the work. So I get to, I get to do uh, what I love the most to, to pour into our, our, our teams, our, our people that are hands-on working with kids. So yeah. uh, I spent uh, about 17 years in youth ministry myself, working with middle school students and high school students. And, um, so now I get to, I don't, I don't, I do spend some time with kids. Like today I got to um, hang out well, with middle school students and episode. elementary school kids like in one of our programs. Our and, for joining us uh, and I get to do that, uh, visit with them and just hang out and have fun. Kind of like the cool uncle now that shows up. But but mostly what I'm doing now is equipping our teams and just resourcing them and making sure that they have got the support they need to really run effective programs and minister to the students, but also to the families and parents. And you can find it on Apple Podcast. Wow, Spotify, that's I, I'm, Google, I'm still I'm, I'm really am blown away by this. So I got a number of questions. So first of all, mm-hmm. um, is sure. this it's Emerald? Was it called Emerald Youth Foundation? <coughs> Excuse me. Um, is that a national ministry, or is this just specific to Knoxville? No, it's specific to Knoxville. We have been um, <laughs> it's it's been uh, operating in Knoxville for um, a little over thirty years now. Um, and it really all started, uh, our CEO, um, when he graduated from college, uh, over 30 years ago, he, um, began serving as a youth pastor in a, um, in a United Methodist church, a, a small little Methodist church in, in, uh, in the urban areas of Knoxville and North Knoxville. Uh, and the name of the church is Emerald Avenue United Methodist Church. Um, and so he began to just reach out to kids in his neighborhood, begin to have pizza parties and basketball uh, outings for them. And just and then that evolved into some tutoring after school um, activities for them. And then before they knew it, they were they were they were, they were having like over 100 kids show up. And the church um, really saw the vision and, and really 
saw that this was something that was much bigger than just one church. And so they encouraged him to, to branch off and, uh, and start his own ministry. Um, and that's how Emerald Youth Foundation was born, uh, because one church uh, saw the, the opportunity to, to replicate what was happening in that church across the city. And, uh, and that's kind of been the vision and the model that we've, we've continued on. Uh, and it's ex- expanded and grown into something that's way bigger than, than uh, <laughs> we, anyone ever thought possible. So God has just really blessed us with uh, some, some really gifted people and uh, a really our, um, our CEO, our president, his name is Steve Diggs. And he's, he's such a visionary yeah. um, and um, just a, an amazing man that uh, men of God who just has a heart for kids in, uh, in our city. That's, yeah, that's, that is awesome. Yeah, it is. So, uh, do you, now, sometimes ministries, you know, you get, you're a youth pastor and all that. So, sometimes mm-hmm. ministries, you can get so focused on the event or the program or something like that. Like, how often or how do you go about sharing the gospel? Is it just like the one on one opportunities or, um, like, is there a approach to that? No, yeah, great question. We, um, we actually have um, a, a team um, on our staff that writes uh, a Bible curriculum that we use um, in our after-school programs. Um, so we have um, every day we do devotions when the kids get there. It's a little short, you know, 10-minute devotion we do with kids. But then also once a week, and we do rotations, you know, uh, when the kids are there, we, we do, um, you know, we'll do some learning rotations. We'll do some some hands-on fun activities with them like science experiments and some fun things we'll do some recreation or fitness things um you know rotations and one of the rotations we do is a bible rotation where actually our staff actually leads a small bible study with the kids for about 30 minutes Mm. as part of the after school program um and then um because we are partnering with these local churches our staff helps uh um, run the the Wednesday night discipleship uh, that the churches um, um, have in place. So the kids will stay on, well, usually on Wednesday night, most of our kids will stay on after the after school time. They'll, the church will serve them a meal, and then they'll transition into a children's uh, church type of, of gathering with uh, a large group lesson and then small groups lessons and then and then for the middle school and high school students, they'll have a typical youth group time uh, mm-hmm. at the church. Uh, you know, have a meal, uh, and then they'll transition into uh, uh, into youth group time. And so our staff uh, not just is not just doing after school work, but they're working side by side with churches, and a lot of times just being that that main person at these churches. A lot of a lot of the churches we partner with can't afford to hire their own staff, and mm-hmm. so we partner with them when we offer this service and this ministry uh, as a way to help the local church reach its, its community. And so we hire the staff that, you know, have a passion for kids, have a passion for, for reaching them with the gospel. And, uh, and then we place them at these churches and they become a part of that church. So they're serving there. So it's a, it's a really cool thing uh, when it, uh, when it all comes together. Really, and, wow. and this is all free for the kids that are participating. Are there any participation um, fees? There's there's a very minimal participation fee. So uh, we we charge uh, uh, families sixty five dollars per semester, which is really um, you know very affordable. Yeah, uh, considering most most 
most every other, you know, after school programs charging the hundreds per month. Right. And, uh, so we try to make it very affordable for our families and even then, you know, that we have families that can't afford even that. Um, and so we, we're constantly, you know, working with partners in the, in the churches as well, church members that will say, Hey, if we have a family that just can't afford it or they need some, you know, they can't afford a partial, um, fee, we'll cover the rest of it. So, um, we, 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 we have so much support uh, and buy-in from our churches and our yeah. community. Um, and it's been, it's been really cool to see that. So most of our, we've never had to turn anybody away because of finances uh, and, and we'll, hopefully we'll never have to. Yeah. That's the way it should be. You got it. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you navigate um, different churches and their different doctrines and stuff like that? Cause I know some churches would say, you know, um, we're not going to partner with that church because our doctrines are different, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. How does that work out? Yeah, that's great. Um, one of the things that we have uh, just been really um, blessed with is uh, our, our, our leadership has, has just uh, reached out to a lot of people. Like we have a very diverse staff. First of all, we come from very different uh, church backgrounds ourselves. And mm-hmm. so, um, you know, we and so and we do partner with with very uh, uh, varying you know church denominations. Um, and uh, but one of the things that we try to focus is we we, we always say is we we major on the majors mm-hmm. and uh, not on the minors. And so our focus is you know our our statement of faith is the Apostles' Creed, right? Um, and that's what we hold on to. You know, and I think you know everybody. Who's, who calls themselves a Christian can agree that that is the one statement that we can all agree to. Uh, the one thing that we can, you know, we can all hold our, uh, hold on to. And so yeah. as long as we hold on to that, that's what our focus is. And we, we, we also, you know, we're constantly in communication with church leaders and making sure that, that they know what we're teaching and that they're participating in that. And uh, so we, we get their input uh, on what we're teaching, make sure that, that it aligns with where the church is going and, Sometimes, you know, the church is going through a, uh, you know, a special emphasis, for example, and they want the, the kids to, let's say, on a Wednesday night to participate in that. And we accommodate that as long as it meets with our, you know, as long as it doesn't uh, take away from, from the gospel and it doesn't, you know, it's not a, a, a you know, major doctrine shift. Um, you know, it doesn't contradict the Apostles' Creed, then, yeah. then, then we are fine with it. So. so you're introducing a lot of kids to Jesus. That's our hope. You know, that's a, that's our main hope. Obviously we, we want to help them, um, you know, get better academically. We want to teach them good, healthy habits and, you know, how, how to eat and exercise. We want them to be uh, healthy, um, you know, uh, make healthy choices with their lives. But the most important thing we do is the faith aspect. If, if there's one thing that I always tell my staff is if we're going to do anything, We've got to make sure we do that part well, um, because we've got a lot of great organizations in the city that are doing great work uh, academically and, you know, teaching kids about health. um, But not very many are doing the faith part. And so um, that's what that's what makes us different than, say, you know, Boys and Girls Club and and other organizations, which are great organizations. We partner with them. We work together with them. So what makes us unique is we, and our families understand that when they sign their kids up to our program, we're very clear. They're going to hear about Jesus and, and they're going to hear about, you know, the gospel. Right. Um, and, uh, mm-hmm. Wow. That's great. So you know, you're making an eternal di- difference, but I think when you approach 
and I don't know how specifically you do it, but because um, you give them tutoring, right? And you got to tutor science, you know, and there's going to be some questions that come up in science regarding evolution creation, for instance, yeah. or whatever else is going on in school. But if you're giving the kids a, a approaching everything from a biblical worldview, which not only uh, is that, but also I mean, when you could tell a kid you are made in God's image, that means you're in estimate, you have an inestimable value, right? In the, in the, in the eyes of God, I got to believe that helps with the uh, kind of becoming epidemic of anxiety and angst of uh, teenagers out there now and stuff like, you know, don't worry about, you know, and, and it's hard. You're competing in social media and stuff like right. that. But so have you seen that? Oh, absolutely. Um, we, you know, we serve, um, you know, we serve a demographic that, that um, not only deals with the, the typical, um, you know, social uh, pressures, but they're also living in very tough neighborhoods where right. they're seeing, you know, crime and drugs. Uh, they're, they're, that's a common, uh, you know, daily occurrence in their lives. And so we're constantly fighting against that tide. Uh, and, and so the biggest thing that we, uh, we see is, is the, the most, one of the most important things is helping kids see the, the value that, that, you know, in themselves and, and how God sees them, right. uh, as opposed to, you know, and, and the, as opposed to how, um, you know, what, what other people have, you know, the world or society, you know, you know, teaches them or even what they've heard from in their own homes. A lot of times uh, the kids that, that we have in our programs, they don't have, you know, uh, role models, uh, right. positive role models in their lives. They don't have, uh, they're, you know, they're, they're not, you know, in a home with, with, uh, parents or even, you know, both sets of parents. They just don't have that, um, that, you know, traditional, uh, support system that, that I grew up with and a lot of others, you know, a lot of you know, other people have grown up with. Uh, and so we, uh, one of the things that we constantly are trying to do is just help kids see, the potential that they that, that they have in themselves, but also the potential that they have through God in their lives. Yeah. You know what 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 that can be, and uh, and a lot of it is just exposing them to to a world outside of what the neighborhood that they've they've been in. We want to our mission is to raise you know to raise up a large number of urban youth to love Jesus Christ but also who uh, will become leaders who help renew their neighborhoods. Mm -hmm. um, so ultimately we want, we want to change Knoxville. We want the neighborhoods to be changed. And we believe that the best way to do that is by changing, you know, the outlook that each individual student can, can, can get. And so by we introduce them to a world outside of their neighborhoods mm -hmm. in the hopes that they will bring that hope back into their neighborhood. Yeah. Uh, we don't, we don't want them just to, to, to leave the neighborhoods and, and to move up, move away and forget about their, their neighborhoods. So we want them to, to come back and be a, be light and salt in their own neighborhoods, be mm -hmm. the transformative agents in their neighborhoods by, you know, becoming business member, businessmen and women and teachers and nurses and just being, being in the neighborhood and helping to, to shine light in the darkness. Um, that's, uh, that's our hope. Yeah. Know, preach it brother. For them yeah. <laughs> yeah, for them to be the, the hands and feet of, of, of Christ in their neighborhood as well and give back to the community uh, themselves. And so uh, it is, it's a, it's a hard work. I, I would uh, be lying to you to say that, you know, it's a, it, it's a, 
it's a lot, a lot of times it's, uh, it's very disheartening and we don't see the fruit, right. uh, but every once in a while, every, every great, you know, every once in a while, God gives us a, uh, these, these glimpses of, of life change and that's mm-hmm. what keeps us going, yeah. you know, and that's when, when we see kids getting it, um, and there's, there's a lot of work to be done, you know, there's, there's so many families, so many kids out there and we, you know, Knoxville, um, over the last two years, really since COVID, uh, we've, we've had a really tough time with, um, a lot of young people, high school students, especially, uh, dying in shootings, uh, yeah. just, um, gang violence has just, uh, has, has kind of taken, uh, uh, kids, you know, when they're, when they, they're bored, they don't have anything to do. They're, they're going to get in trouble, mm-hmm. gonna do, you know, get, get, get into things they shouldn't be getting, doing things they shouldn't be doing. And so we have, uh, we have, we have suffered through that. We've uh, kind of had a really rough patch uh, over the last two years, just uh, uh, dealing with uh, a lot of tragedy, a lot of loss. Uh, and that, that, that can be heartbreaking. That can be this, you know, just, um, just very hard to, to get up every day and just keep doing the work when you don't see the, the results. But, yeah. uh, you know, Thankfully, God continues to give us give us those those uh, small glimpses of yeah. life change, and uh, right. uh, we'll continue to see. Um, you know, and, and you know, I think uh, Paul said this in Colossians. You know, do the work as if you're doing unto the Lord. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, remembering that your work is not in vain. Yeah. Uh, and that's our that's what we have to keep you know reminding ourselves that that there is hope, that there is life change happening, even when we don't see. It. Uh, that we are making a difference. So. Yeah, and God's so good at that. You know, I, I know over the years, mm-hmm. there's times where you're, you get tired and you get weary, and it's like, you know, is what I'm doing really worth the effort, right? Because you're not yeah. seeing any right. positive outcomes. And it's it's just at that time, usually when you need it, that God gives you that one success story, right? Yeah. Um, or positive right. impact that you've made through whatever ministry it is that you're involved in. Um and we could probably have a separate podcast here. I would, I would love to hear some of the success stories yeah. that have come out of this, this program. Cause I'm sure you've got some really, really amazing stories probably to yeah. share, but I'll have to save that for the next time that he's on. No, you could share one if you want. <laughs> or yeah. Or yeah, if you have one, yeah, go for it. And there's so many, I think, uh, you know, um, I think some of the, the things that, you know, they're simple. Sometimes simple things. I just heard one today of, uh, of one of our students that, um, um, you know, has gone through our after school program since he was, uh, in, uh, elementary age kids. And, and, and now he's, he's in college and, but he was, he was, uh, uh, I forget which school he's going to, but, but there was a, uh, over the last few weeks, I kept hearing about how he, uh, there was concern about paying tuition and how he was going to pay for the tuition for this coming semester. Uh, and so, uh, I, some of our staff was helping him fill out some applications for scholarships and, uh, he, uh, received, uh, um, the, uh, a scholarship from uh, mayor Glenn Jacobs, which I don't know if you knew this or not, but, but the Knox County mayor is, uh, is Glenn Jacobs, which if you're at all familiar with WWE, uh, <laughs> he was, uh, the wrestler Kane. Oh uh, yeah! After the uh, Undertaker yeah. King, King. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. So that's our mayor. We uh, we uh, our mayor is uh, is uh, is Kane, 
<laughs> so Mayor Kane or Mayor Glenn Jacobs, mm-hmm. uh, but he uh, he received uh, Mayor Jacobs' uh, scholarship um, so that he and so that's just a you know a huge thing and the fact that this kid you know he's he's pursuing that and and, and able to do that that's just a success story that where we can see a student that was has been a part of a program and he was uh, he's another success story you know he grew up in our program and coming on Wednesday nights and hearing about Jesus. And now he comes on Wednesday nights, but he's one of the youth leaders. Yeah, He's, he's pouring back into uh, some of the younger kids, uh, some of the younger middle school kids uh, in the program. So uh, that's, uh, his name is Usami and uh, just a great, uh, you know, great success story there. And that's what we want to see, you know, kids yeah. giving back to, um, you know, teaching the next generation, helping the next generation to, um, you know, to, to pursue um, a, a life that God has in store for them. You know, our, our vision is that uh, we, you know, Knoxville will become a city where every child in every neighborhood can have the opportunity to have the full life that Jesus talks about in John 10, 10, yeah. um, you know, where he says, I've come that they may have life and life in its fullness or in mm-hmm. abundance. Um, and so uh, across, you know, a lot of our, our office buildings, a lot of our buildings, we have that on the wall. Every child, every neighborhood, a full life. Cool. Uh, and that's what keeps us going. You know, we want to see that happen. Cool. So yeah. I, I was connecting some dots. We talked about the wrestler Kane, and I'm like, who was on it we talked about wrestling with? And it was Postal. And Postal's from Knoxville, wasn't he? Uh, I remember it correctly. Boy, do, you, do you know boy. a Postal that attends? I don't. No, I don't, Post, no. Postal's not there now. I was thinking he was not. Okay, maybe not. Postal, if you're out there, we're sorry we forgot where you're from. <laughs> no, he's think- from uh, South Carolina. He's one of the Carolinas. He's one of the, <laughs> one of the big Carolinas. One of the big Carolinas. Yeah, <laughs> he's from one of those guys. All right, anyway. I was wrong. My bad. I do have a question for you. I do have a question for you guys. Did you guys interview... No, wait, um, wait. Time out. Georgia. I, Georgia. I, was he Georgia? I think he was Georgia. I was thinking he was Knoxville for some reason. I think he's Georgia. <laughs> All right, we'll, we'll find out. We'll go back and listen <laughs> okay. to the podcast. Sorry, Pennies. Go ahead. Did you guys have Outhouse... Yes. Yeah. 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 Outhouse. Yeah. So I E H Outhouse. Oh wow, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. That's he's, awesome. Uh, he's the guy that that um, you know has he was he was my pastor. Uh, okay, he was your pastor. Uh, cool. He he was my pastor, and then he you know had the stroke, and yep. uh, and uh, but it's been cool. And so I I it's it's been cool because he works out. He comes. He hasn't been there in a while. I think it's gotten too cold for him to come out. So I need to, I need to kind of give come him a on outhouse. Yeah, <laughs> give him a poke. So, you still have his yeah. contact information? I do. Send him a text. Say, I'm hey, friends yeah. with him on Facebook. Tell him, Steve say, Best, hey, Pastor say, Steve. Say, man, we we heard you have been yeah. showing up lately. Yeah, outhouse yeah, been coming for you. We've we've been we've been uh, kind of you know inviting him. Hey, man, we'd love to see you. I'd love to see you again. And uh, so, man, hopefully he'll show up one of these mornings. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you answered one question I had for I was going to ask you if any of these guys, I'm sure, come back and then, you know, kind of work for the program, but you already answered that, so don't worry about sure. that. Yeah. Um, I do have another question for you regarding uh, the ministry and F3. So you got involved with F3, and you're doing this mm-hmm. ministry with all these kids. Have you had any kind of, you know, F3, you invite them, do you invite them to F3 beatdowns? Do, they, do you do them, you know, on site, anything like that? I don't. I, I haven't invited them because, uh, you know, I mostly work with, elementary kids, right. age kids, and middle school kids. Um, we do have uh, a couple of guys. Um, actually, I've, I've uh, EH'd a couple of uh, my fellow co-workers 
uh, and they're now part of S3. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've, I've been recruiting at work, you know, some of my coworkers and I got two of the guys coming, uh, and they're, they're both, uh, in our, the bomb shelter, which is in Alcoa, it's kind of, you know, part of our F3 Smokies region now, mm-hmm. um, kind of uh, the next area over. Um, but I do, I did get a chance, every once in a while I, I get a chance to, like I said before, to go visit programs or after school programs. And last week. I was at one of our elementary programs and I was helping to, to they needed some help. They were short staffed. Uh, and so I was filling in, helping them run some activities. And I, so I, I had to run the, the fitness activity. And so the fitness activity I just came up with, they had to come up and pick a, an Uno card. And I, we had uh, on the board, you know, if they picked up uh, this color, they had to do, uh, I didn't call them Merkins, uh, uh-huh. but that's what they had to do. Uh, they had to do Merkins and they had to do, uh, they had to pick another color. They had to do, uh, you know, jumping jacks. And so I kind of did a little mini F3 workout with right. the kids. Uh, and it was fun. Uh, they enjoyed it. Uh, just to see, you know, teaching them proper technique and how to do it and, you know, how to count. So, uh, it was fun. So, uh, but yeah, um, I haven't got to, to lead a F3 workout per se. We uh, we're kind of implementing, incorporating some of the principles in there. Yeah, absolutely. Got to end in a circle of trust. Little Uno deck of death. <laughs> yeah, Uno deck of death. That's right. <laughs> cool. All right. Well, I, I, we start at kind of at the end here. I usually start at the beginning, like where you grew up. And that was like, so let's do that. We might as well do it, right? Yeah. So uh, tell us, I know you were born in uh, Brazil, right? So tell us what, what life was like there and, you know, what was life like growing up? Sure. Yeah. I, I was born and grew up in Southern Brazil. Um, just, uh, loved, uh, every minute of it. I come from a very a large family there. My grandparents were Ukrainian immigrants. Oh, wow. Um, and my mom's parents were, uh, moved from Ukraine to Brazil, to Southern Brazil. And they, uh, they just kind of came and became farmers there. And so, uh, but I grew up, um, you know, around, uh, all kinds of, family members and uh, it was just a, a very laid back and you know it was just fun i was running around um playing soccer um football the big sport you know that we play yeah football, football. Um, <laughs> um so that was that was the big thing you know for me is just you know playing that and but just uh grew up in a christian home my parents grandparents were always uh teaching us and taking us to church i don't i remember ever missing a, a sunday at all and, uh, uh, but just, uh, when I was a, uh, a freshman in high school, uh, my dad decided that we, uh, we, he wanted to move to the United States. And, and the reason for that was, you know, financially, um, we had, uh, I have two brothers and two sisters, so five kids and he just, I'm the second oldest in our family, uh, and my, my siblings and, uh, my dad started to, you know, we were in my older sister and I was getting to a point where we were going to have to start looking for jobs and there were just no jobs back then in Brazil uh, for us. And so, uh, he made the decision, you know, we had some contacts and friends of ours that were living in the Boston area. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so he made some phone calls and before we knew it, we had sold everything and, um, packed our bags and moved to Boston. And, uh, I didn't speak a single word of English hardly. 
Uh, it's funny because uh, n- neither did school, I was, was going to say they English in Boston either. <laughs> they they speak Bostonian. Yeah, speak Bostonian. <laughs> <laughs> well, now we now we've insulted right. Boston. <laughs> yeah, no. when I was I remember in eighth grade uh, in Brazil, uh, I was going to school there, and and you know, in in Brazil, you learn English like you learn Spanish in school here, right? Yeah. Um, and so um, I remember sitting there, and I was terrible. In, in English in Brazil. I hated every single minute of it. Uh, and I remember telling my teacher, because she was just like, why aren't you, you know, you should try it. And I remember telling her, like, I'll never, ever use this stupid language. Uh, and <laughs> it is, it six is months stupid. Later, my dad, <laughs> six months later, my dad tells me, hey, we're moving to the States. I'm like, what? So, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, when we came, we moved to the Boston area. Uh, I was 15 years old. Uh, didn't really speak hardly any English at all. Knew a couple of words here and there, uh, but yeah, um, settled in Boston, and we had a, a, a Brazilian community there that kind of was our support system. Um, and um, you know, ch- uh, part of our church, a church there, a Brazilian church, um, and um, but we just jumped right in, had to start all over, and uh, um, but yeah, went to high school uh, in, I- just outside of Boston. Okay, yeah. that's what I was going to ask. How old were you when you uh, moved there? 15. 15. Uh, freshman in high school. Yep. And uh, so I went all four years of high school and uh, just outside of Boston, and a town right next to where Cambridge is, mm-hmm. uh, Somerville, yep. Massachusetts. Uh, and then I went to uh, Gordon College, which is a Christian liberal arts school in the north shore of Boston. Uh, and... Uh, that's where, um, you know, when I was in high school, I started sensing a call towards ministry. Mm-hmm. Uh, God began to tug in my heart and pull me towards, you know, this, this calling. And uh, I decided, you know, if I'm going to do this, I might as well get educated for it. And so uh, God opened the door for me to, to go to Gordon College. And I, I thought at first I was going to, you know, I wanted to do computer science because I always loved computers, and programming, and problem solving. Um, but quickly realized that's not the path I had, that God had for me. So I majored in biblical studies and youth ministries because uh, I love working with kids. Um, just didn't know that you can make a living out of it mm-hmm. until I was in college. And, uh, and so I uh, became a youth pastor after that. I met my wife uh, in college and uh, the rest is history, right? <laughs> yeah. How, how long did you serve as a youth pastor? Um, so after I graduated, um, I, I served, uh, for a year in South Florida where my parents had moved to when I was in college. Uh, and then I moved back to Connecticut, served there for three and a half years, and then came to Knoxville in 2000 and served for another 12 years at a church here uh, in, in the area of Knoxville where I'm at. I'm in South, South Knoxville. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I served for, at a church there for 12 years uh, as a youth pastor. Um, and so all in all, it was 17 years uh, of, of working with youth, um, middle school, high school students, young adults. Um, and, uh, and then I served for uh, four years as a campus pastor uh, before um, Outhouse took over for me and I came to work at Emerald East. Mm. So campus pastor, that means you have multiple campuses and you're pastoring right, one of them. Yeah, yeah. So the, right. The main campus uh, was in the, another part of Knoxville. And that was the, 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 the mother ship if you will right. uh, and then we i helped start and launch uh, a campus in uh, south knoxville where i'm at 
Uh, and that's where we still attend. We st- we're still a part of that church, still serve there, uh, still involved um, in the in the ministry there. I'm just not on staff anymore. All right. Wow. Yeah. Very cool. So a life in ministry, brother. He mentioned Gordon. Mm-hmm. He mentioned Gordon College. I was going to mention to you Henry McElroy. Yeah, who you know yeah. and uh, coached him in soccer. He he, he is actually going to school up there to play soccer. Oh, very he committed cool. up there. Yeah, I was like mm-hmm. Gordon College. Wait, I know that name. Heard of that before? Yeah, they've got a yeah the Fighting Scots. They've yeah. got a strong soccer soccer program. Yeah, there. that's where. Yeah, he that's where he wanted to go to school and like he had reached out to the coaches and they came to a couple tournaments to see him play. And the Fighting Scots ultimately got recruited to go and play there. So the Scottish founded that college. So. I don't know if the Scottish fine. I know it is uh, Adoniram Judson. Uh, uh, Gordon. Uh, Adoniram Judson Gordon uh, founded. He was, uh, and it started out as a ministry school in Boston, a missionary school. Uh-huh. Uh, and then and then grew into uh, kind of a liberal arts school. Uh, and then, um, and then kind of split into uh, Gordon College and Gordon uh, Gordon Conwell Theological Seminary. So, mm-hmm. Gordon College is the undergrad, and Gordon Conwell yeah. is the uh, is the seminary. Uh, that's they're they're like uh, a mile away from each other, two right. miles away from each other. Yeah, I've heard of Gordon Conwell. All right, cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so you uh, played some soccer or football down in mm-hmm. uh, Brazil. Yeah. Uh, did you play any other sports when you came to the United States? Were you, how how was your fitness then? We'll talk about your fitness a little bit now. Yeah, so I played a lot of uh, a lot of football uh, in Brazil, um, and uh, and then one of the other things that we played a lot in Brazil, at least in my school, was handball, mm. which is not a very known sport, uh, but it's an Olympic sport. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, um, so I love playing that because uh, it's similar to to soccer in some ways, uh, but uh, didn't really we we played you know but I knew about basketball and we played basketball. But I was terrible, and I really didn't like it. Um, and then played some volleyball. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, when, when I came to the state, um, like I said before, our family had to start over, like from scratch. So I, I had to, I had to work. Yeah. Uh, all through high school, I was, I was working to help, you know, pay bills uh, with my sister, my older sister, and I helping my dad work. Mom stayed at home with younger siblings, and. Uh, but I was working a full-time job. Literally, I was, uh, my dad was working like two and a half jobs, I think, at one point. And, uh, and so, uh, I wanted to help him. And so he, he was working. One of his jobs was at the Polaroid factory, mm-hmm. uh, in Walton, Massachusetts. And he worked there, uh, as a, as a custodian and then, uh, a position open in the cafeteria. And so, he talked to the supervisor and they ended up hiring me. I was, like I said, I was not even 16 years old yet. And I was working and, and I was working and we were working the night shift. Mm-hmm. So I would go into work at 11 o'clock at night or 1030 or so at night, work all night until like six in the morning, come home, take a shower and go to school. Wow. Uh, and then uh, <laughs> I did that. And then, then I moved to the cafeteria with my dad. Uh, and then, so I worked, the night shift my freshman and sophomore year and then my junior year i switched to the afternoon shift because it was there's a 24-hour day thing going on there just had three shifts going Uh, so i worked i would go to school 
leave school, go straight to work, work until about 1030 and come home, sleep and start over again. When the heck did you do your homework? Year, I did it. Uh, I did it in school, you know, studying yeah. halls and stuff. And, uh, and then like during breaks, uh, I remember, you know, I'd be, it'd be like two in the morning and we had a kind of, you know, a lull in the cafeteria. And my dad was like, all right, go take a nap or go do your homework. Um, that's when I did it. Wow. Um, and, uh, but, uh, yeah, I was, I was pretty much a zombie <laughs> for <laughs> most of high school. Uh, but then my, see, my senior year, uh, I told my dad, like, I want to, I want to have one year of typical high school. I want to, I want to be able to do things. I want to be a part of, want to do an after school club. I want to play sports. And so, uh, I didn't, I didn't work my senior year and I just got to, to be a high school student, you know, mm-hmm. for a year. And, uh, I actually, um, uh, uh, joined we the school had just started a men's volleyball team uh-huh. and um, and so I joined the team and became the captain of the team and wow so uh, it was my one and only year of uh, high school sports all right for all you it's, listeners it's out there make make your kids listen to this episode oh my lord <laughs> realize how cushy of a gig they have it right yeah. working in the summer maybe a little bit evenings. dude. Wow. I tell my kids all the time, they don't know how lucky you have. Right. On yeah. But, uh, but yeah. So, yeah, yeah, it was, and you know, a lot of, a lot of people say, you know, would you, you know, do you regret it? And I, you know, I don't, you know, it really taught me a lot about, um, you know, hard work mm-hmm. and, uh, the importance of, you know, valuing what you have and, um, just to, you know, sacrifice, yeah. and, you know, doing for, doing more thinking more than just yourself um doing you know taking care of of others and uh, so it it was really a a shape it shaped who i am today you know so no i wouldn't change anything were were you guys Uh, were you i think you you said you and your sister were working right were were you guys doing mm -hmm. that to try and make it that your dad wouldn't have to work as much or or were you doing it just totally to supplement what he was doing even uh, I think at first it was to help him because he, like I said before, he was, he was, we, we would first like six you know months or a year, we kind of never saw our dad. Like he, he lost probably close to 40, 50 pounds because he was working so much. Yeah. Um, and uh, like he would literally work, I think 18 hour days at that back then wow. when we first came. And, uh, and, and, we just, you know, I didn't like that. I didn't, I didn't like what I was seeing. And, uh, and so we, we, you know, I said, Hey, I want to help, you know, what can I do? And my sister was, was doing the same thing. So it got to the point where we, it, we wanted to help my dad, but also then like, yeah, I had to respect like, my responsibility. Like I paid for the, uh, I think I played, I paid for the cable bill mm-hmm. and the telephone bill. Now, those are my, those are my responsibilities. Yeah. Uh, when I was in high school, you know, and it was just, you know, just kind of given that you know that was going to come out of my paycheck wow if i wasn't humbled enough by what he does for a living yeah i know you hear how he grew up wow <laughs> Whew. dear lord all right so uh when you join f3 compared to now how's your fitness changed? what was it like when you started and what's it like now oh man golly it's uh i mean i couldn't breathe rep sleep it was actually uh, on cue, my first, uh, my first day and he about killed me. I'm telling you right now. Uh, he had us doing murder bunnies and, uh, bear crawls and all kinds of stupid stuff. Uh, and I, 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 I barely made it through. I was, I was, uh, winded. 
Um, you know, and the reason why I think I, I, I decided to join is I was, I was 49, um, you know, and, and I had made a decision that I wanted to turn 50 in the best shape that I could be. You know, when I turned 49, I said, no, I've got to do something. Mm-hmm. I want, I want to, I want to be in the best shape that I can be by the time I turn 50. And so I had started to do some, I had started to, to work out on my own. Um, at work, we do have, you know, uh, some workout facilities. We do, uh, actually fitness training for high school athletes. And so we do have a, you know, kind of like a, uh, we have a workout, uh, uh, gym, a couple actually workout, you know, gyms with weights and, and uh, aerobic, you know, equipment and stuff. And, and we have access to that. I had access to those, to that equipment. Um, but a lot of it was just, you know, I had to do it. I was doing it by myself. And so it was really hard for me to, um, stay faithful to it, you know, mm-hmm. to be quite honest with you. You know, I, I would go for, you know, a couple of weeks and then I would go a month without going. Uh, and then I was like, oh, I got to get back into it. Um, so I knew I needed the accountability. Mm-hmm. I needed that support. And also the other thing I saw, and, and I think a lot of, a lot of guys that are in ministry struggle with this is, we're around people a lot. We're, we're always around people. We're, we're, everybody knows us. Um, but we don't have a whole lot of close friends. We don't have people that we can just be real with. You know, we always have to be on, uh, when you're in ministry, you always have to be on, uh, on, on stage, if you will, you know, kind of, um, and I, I was struggling. I had realized, you know, even though I wasn't in ministry anymore, uh, I realized that um, I didn't have any friends, really close friends that I could go to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, my wife had a, a close, you know, some, some close friends that she would, um, you know, she, she always had a connection with and maintained and people that she would, you know, she needed to talk with somebody she would always go to. And, and I realized I didn't have that. And I was longing for that, and so and that was that was two main reasons why I decided to join F three was the accountability for the for the physical activity. Yeah. I needed to I needed somebody to hold me accountable to the goal that I had made for myself was being in the best shape that I could be when I turned fifty. But more importantly than that, what I what I realized right after that is what I was really needing was that that fellowship mm-hmm. that brotherhood mm-hmm. um that i just you know i i was so desperate for and i didn't even realize that i needed it in my life uh, and it's been the best thing that um it's happened to me to be quite honest with you in a long time yeah that's great my message on monday right yeah talking about how f3 is the <laughs> thing that you we hear over and over again. Guys say after he was the thing that I I didn't know I needed. Right, um, but exactly. they did it so bad. Right. Yeah. yeah. So um, has it helped you in being a better leader? Oh yeah, absolutely. I think the you know the some of the things that that I have um, I, I'm learning and continually applying is um, just the idea of, of being vulnerable more um, mm-hmm. as a leader, uh, just being, being honest and being able to share the struggles. Um, but also um, not being afraid of, 
of uh, of stepping up more uh, and and taking taking ownership of of your, of where you are, but also you know, taking those steps and helping and realizing that that I can't do this on my own. I need help, and so asking for help. But as a leader, I think it's something that a lot of leaders don't like to do. Um, but uh, inviting others to join you in that journey is so important. And uh, so as a leader, for me, you know, just and also just the perseverance, just sticking through something, you know, going through it, going through the motions of hard, um, you know, being out there in the gloom is is hard. It's hard to get up, you know, at, you know, 4.35, you know, 5 o'clock in the morning and get out there when it's cold. A couple of weeks ago, it was 4 degrees and wind shield was negative 11 and, Golly, it was I think the last thing I wanted to do was to get out of the house. Right. I'm, you know, get out there and there's 11 other guys and, you know, it's just so much fun to be out there. And mm-hmm. uh, uh, so sometimes just getting that, going through that, that over that mental hurdle, I got to just got to get out of bed this morning. For the perfect example, I didn't want to get up and go, go to uh, go work out, go to, go to, uh, you know, meet with the guys. But, I had to fight that inner battle with myself. Like, mm-hmm. just get out of bed. Yeah. Just take that step out of the bed. Right. And then once you're going, once you get that step going, then it's easier to get to get going. Once you get take that first step, mm-hmm. uh, and that's what as a leader, that first step is always the hardest. Right. That first step of doing something different, doing something new, and leading your team into something new, because um, it's it's comfortable to be where you are. You know, it's it's easy to stay where you are. It's, it's known it's like we've gotten comfortable there but if we're ever going to grow and if we're ever going to to see new results and, and, and be able to see new things happen in, in our lives in our ministries and in, in our in our jobs if we're ever going to advance in anything we've got to take risk and we've yeah. got to take that that first step of um, you know putting yourself out there and just trying something yeah uh, once you get once you do that it becomes easier to to do it again and again and again and, uh, and to the point that's where i'm at right now you know i, I love i i beat you know there's there's been a couple times where i've, I've you know slept in and it's like oh man i hated it because <laughs> i missed yeah i missed them yeah i regretted it because i was like i missed you know more more than the workout i missed just being there with the guy yeah you, you've t- you've touched on the the idea that people that participate in F3 obviously realize is that it's, it's, it's so much more than a workout, mm-hmm. right? The, the, mm-hmm. the, the workout, the fitness aspect of it, it's, it's just a magnet to draw you in. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's, and there's so much more there. And, you know, we, we've been blessed in some ways with timeliness at times with our timeliness at times, timeliness with our podcast of yeah. us having guests on right when like other things are happening. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it coincid- coincidentally, you know, we're having you on from the, from the Knoxville region um, right, right after, um, you know, a pretty tragic event down in your region. Um, for those mm-hmm. that don't know it, um, a gentleman by the name of F3 Cardinal, or not F3 Car- Cardinal um, was leading his first workout and, uh, and, sure. and had some type of health emergency and, and, and passed, passed away. And you were sharing a little bit before we started recording as far as the impact that that's had in, in your region down there and even across the community and, and on his family and how F3 has been 
really coming together and supporting the family and um, just a, a lot of good things happening. Do, do you mind just kind of sharing a little bit about your experience down yeah. there, kind of working through this last week and, and those, uh, you know, that, that tragic circumstance that mm-hmm. happened there? Yeah, it just happened, you know, it was uh, last Wednesday, um, a week ago, um, that Cardinal uh, was leading his, his uh, first uh, queue, doing his VQ, and uh, he got through the first set of uh, burpees and, and he collapsed. Um, and so, you know, that day we just started seeing it on, uh, on Slack about it and you know a lot of us just started like you know i I said i have a couple of guys at work that are part of of f3 and so we were talking about it and man did you hear about about um you know this guy cardinal at at rampart um and uh and so we just you know began to to just try to figure out what can we do what can you know what what do we need to do and the next morning we were you know, all, you know, we, we all showed up and we had all this, you know, all the area, uh, you know, all, all the F3 area, you know, groups here, not, and not just here, but across the country, mm-hmm. uh, started to, to do Cardinals, you know, VQ. Yep. And, uh, and so the next morning it was, uh, it, it was really sobering, you know, we were, we were all kind of, it, it was a different, different vibe, if you will. Um, you know, we, none of us were really kind of joking around. We were just, we were, it, there was a, 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 a soberness to it. You know, mm-hmm. we all realized just how, how short life is. Um, and we're all, I think in some ways, I, I never had the privilege of knowing him uh, personally, but just knowing that he was a part of the brotherhood, mm-hmm. um, you know, was uh, something that kind of drew us all together. Uh, and so it was, a very emotional workout to be honest with you um and i know it was for uh, a lot of the other groups too mm-hmm. like i said my co-worker that goes to one of the other uh, areas uh and uh aos and they did the same thing and, and it was emotional for them and it was it was really uh, uh but it was such a, a powerful moment i think it drew us all together in a way like um you know, like never before. And then on Saturday, uh, I, I had to, I got the opportunity to, to go. We, a bunch of us carpooled and, and went to Rampart, uh, which is about an hour from where I am, um, in the Knoxville area, kind of just outside of the Knoxville area in the Kingsport. And, uh, the, about 160 of us, I think showed up there. And it was one of the most powerful, uh, experiences that I've ever been a part of to see that many guys uh, just going through his workout again. Um, you know, it was so moving. Uh, his wife and kids were there and uh, getting to support them and just show that, show them the, the love and support um, for them and to be there. Um, and then, and then just to see the, impact that the F3 nation uh, community has, has made um, through the uh, GoFundMe page. Yeah. Uh, just yeah. to know that, 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 that this family uh, has, has been impacted and will continue to be impacted by F3 for years to come. I, I know it, being there, uh, his oldest son was there. Uh, he spoke and, 
um, you know, we, at the end of, you know, we're doing a circle of trust and there's 160 of us going through and sharing our names. And, and he was the last one and he, he, you know, said his name. And, and then he said Cardinal Jr. as his F3 name. Wow. I think it was, I mean, we all, I don't think that we were just all like just so moved by that. And, uh, and to know that that young man, that, that, um, I don't even know. I think he may be, uh, he was 12, 13 years old. I think, um, he has all these men that are supporting him and encouraging him. And, you know, his dad is not, is not there and, and nothing's ever going to be placed as that. Right. But he's got a, he's got a brotherhood. He's got a family and after he, and, 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 and not just, not just the family, obviously, but, but our, you know, the guys that were, with Cardinal, uh, you know, during his last moments, uh, as they provided that, that, you know, try to try to provide first aid to him. I mean, they, they've experienced trauma and yeah. they're going to need our support too. And mm-hmm. I think that's, that's part of the, we tend to forget about them sometimes and, and they, they need our, our encouragement, our support. It's, it's, it's a traumatic thing to go through. Um, and so, uh, you know, we're all kind of still, fleshing it out we're you know it's brought in a lot of great conversations about you know we need to make sure that you know uh, we all have emergency contacts who do we contact you know one of the things that i've i always um i have uh it's called a, a road id yep. that you know I, I do road cycling i've done that for years and uh something that i've gone into because you know if i ever fall off a bike and get hit by something and um you know somebody finds me i want them to know who i am and who my emergency contact is and uh so something we're all doing we're you know talking about getting dog tags and getting this because something an emergency were to happen again something like that we need to be able to to know who to contact we need to be able to know who to uh you know and like we know each other but i I don't know a lot of you know the the ams and the the emergency contacts for for the guys in the group and so it's brought in a lot of great conversations. We're talking about, you know, doing, you know, going through uh, first aid CPR courses yeah. together, you know, and I think that's an important part of, uh, I think what, you know, we have to take care of each other in, 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 in so many ways. That's, that's another way that we can take care of, but um, yeah, it's, it's definitely having a ripple effect. And I think it's going to continue to do that. Uh, you know, obviously we're going to, we're going to continue to, to reach out and support uh, Cardinal's family, uh, his brothers at uh, at Rampart, um, but I think the F three community in Knoxville is is really kind of um, just uh, been changed in a way, you know, and, and kind of come together in a way like uh, like never before. It's, uh, mm-hmm. You know, um, for for someone who hadn't been part of f3 for very long i think he just started he just joined yeah. f3 uh in december yeah right uh and so you know for someone who hadn't hadn't been there for very long he's made such a great impact yeah. already uh not just in Oxford but across the nation yeah absolutely it it um it was uh i don't know what the right word is surprising but maybe it shouldn't have been at how it impacted so many people across the the world in F3 because we got right. F3 regions yeah. in other countries that 
came together and did his workout and wore red and we did it here Mm -hmm. at F3 Susquehanna Valley, but not only doing the workout, but as you mentioned, the GoFundMe page, as of this morning, when I listened to the CO2 podcast, which may have been recorded a little while ago, I don't know, but it may be a couple of days old. Anyway, they, like close to a hundred thousand dollars. And that's not just mm -hmm. F3, I guess it's probably family and friends too, but, but F3 nation coming together. It's, it's really kind of made an impact. Like I haven't seen before in anything else in, in this kind of way. Okay. And I, not to, not to say that we're, we're, we're not going to war, you know, we're not facing the enemy and bullets flying, but I've seen the communities out there that are close, right? Like special forces communities. If one mm -hmm. Navy SEAL dies, even if you didn't know him and you're a Navy SEAL and you're part of that family, it has this this effect on every Navy SEAL or whatever. Now we're we're not Navy SEALs, but but it's kind of like that, right? Because yeah. and we said that before we meet, mm -hmm. we can meet a brother downrange. You know, I was on the beach walking on a beach in Florida one time, and I had my F three T shirt, and I said, "Hey, you know, I never didn't know the guy's like, hey, I'm part of F three, whatever." Next day we're talking like we're we knew each other, yeah. you know, because it's become mm -hmm. because it's that kind of shared experience and uh, network. And it's it's just unbelievable to me how how the whole nation came together. The F three quote unquote nation came together. Like, yeah, no matter no matter where you are, what region you're part of, like we got each other's back. Yeah, you know, yeah. that's what it really comes down to. Yeah, right. I agree. Yeah. yeah well, thank you for sharing that. Uh, surely a moving yeah. experience. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> you know me. Mm -hmm. I was like over here, like pretty teary eyed. Yeah, uh, thought of his his son. I know that's that really got me. wow. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, I appreciate you for sharing that, man. I'm going to, um, I, we can't top that. So I'm just going to ask you the two questions we usually ask everybody that comes on the show, the show, is this a show? The podcast? I guess. I don't know. Whatever it is. We're not showing anything. No, we're not showing anything. <laughs> I guess you're right. Um, anyway, first question is if you were to pick somebody in distant past, somebody, you know, somebody you don't know, that's kind of like somebody that was, uh, inspiring to you a hero sort of thing something you look up to who would you pick hmm. um i've always um i've always said that my grandfather um is is my hero you know he's my dad my mom's dad who came from ukraine and um just uh his story is 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 just a you know he he left Ukraine right before World War II, um, mm -hmm. and again, similar to in a way similar to, to my family, my dad's story, you know, just kind of uprooting his family and and going to a completely different country and not knowing the language and uh, just having to start over again. Uh, my grandfather did that back in you know uh, the uh, late '30s, and uh, but he was such a strong. Uh, and humble man at the same time. He's, I mean, he, there was nothing that he couldn't do. You know, uh, you know, I guess it, when you're a little kid, you just, you think your, your, your grandparents, especially parents are superheroes, but that's my, you know, maybe that's where, you know, my, my memory of him is a little bit skewed, but I've always, I've always viewed him as, as this larger than life figure in my life. Um, not, not just because he could do it. I think the biggest impact he had in my life was in regards to faith. Uh, he was, he was such a, uh, he, he wasn't, uh, he didn't talk a lot. He didn't say a whole lot, but when he said something, he, he, there was so much 
people listen to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember being in church one time with him. Um, and my dad, my grandfather was, um, uh, you know, spoke, spoke Portuguese with a very heavy Ukrainian accent. <laughs> um, but, uh, at our, I remember going to, to a church service one uh, one weekend with them. We had church uh, on in the evening in Brazil, and um, I remember going to a church service with him. And we had a guest speaker, and whatever I, I don't know what passage he was preaching from, he was speaking from, but he must have misquoted the Bible somehow. And my grandfather stood up in the middle of this guy's message and corrected him. All right, <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> and I. I, I'll never forget that. I think I was in like third grade and uh, I just thought that is the coolest thing ever. And I was, I was like shrinking in like, Oh my gosh, what did he do it? But I was, I was so proud of him. And I was just like, that's who I want to be, you know? And he was right. And the, 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 the speaker, the pastor that was there, the guest pastor, um, corrected himself and thanked him for correcting him and reminding him of, you know, the right passage. And, uh, and, uh, but he wanted, that was, that was important to him. He wanted to make sure that, that what was being taught was, was the the truth. And, uh, and, uh, you know, like I said, he never, he, he didn't speak a lot, but when he did, it it had meaning. And, uh, and so I think that's, uh, that's always been a, a big impact. There's always, you know, the sacrifice that he's, he made over the years for his family, um, the way he led, uh, our family, you know, the way he, he served in the church, the way he stood up, uh, and knew the scriptures and, um, just always, always a role model in my life. I always try to, you know, still try to live up to his example. Yeah. So Grandfather was bold and literally yeah. standing up for the truth, yeah. and uh, <laughs> and we got Penny's here who's uh, becoming more bold through F three, and he's That's standing right. up for the truth. And you know, our last guest from la- that will we'll have aired last week said that what F three did to him, did for him was uh, give him allow him to be a little bit more bold as yeah, well in, in his faith and everything mm-hmm. else. So very cool. Yeah. Um, all right. Last question. This is your chance to speak to the men of America. What's your message for the men of America? Um don't live in isolation. Um, so many times, I think we, as man, we, we fall into this trap and believe the lie that we don't need others. We don't, we can do it on our own. It's like that rugged individualism, especially here in America. Um, and I think, you know, coming from a different country, I kind of see that a little bit more. Maybe others do, but uh, it still, you know, affects people all over the world uh, but it's, you know especially men this idea that that we can just you know we can tough it out we can we can you know work it out we don't need to ask for for help we don't need to to be vulnerable we don't need to you know to be uh to be real we can just you know we'll just you know tough it out and right. and do it on our own and and that's a lie you know that's uh it just breeds more uh, isolation and breeds more uh, depression it breeds more uh, loneliness and uh, and we've got to get away from that and so my encouragement to to any 
to guys that are out there who are, you know, who are struggling, honestly, like I was, and realizing I just, I don't, you know, I'm, I don't know anybody. I don't have, who am I going to call if I, if something, you know, if there was ever, you know, a, an emergency or if I needed to talk to someone, who would I go to? Yeah. So, yeah. You know, go out there, you know, be, find yourself a community, uh, you know, whether it's F3 or, or another group or something, you know, find, find a brotherhood, find other man who can speak truth can can call, uh, call you out on things who, who can, we can hold you accountable. Um, we we need that. You know, every every man needs that. None of us have reached the pinnacle of what we can achieve, and yeah. so we need each other. We need to push each other. We need to encourage each other. But we need to we need to sharpen one another. And that's uh, that's been the the best thing is to to be constantly encouraged and pushed, not just in the workouts uh, to go harder and to keep another rep and run, you know, mile, whatever it is, uh, do another burpee. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, but, uh, it's just to, you know, to, to be more genuine, to be more, to be more authentic, uh, men, be a, be a man of character, integrity. Um, and we need that. I, I we need to constantly remind each other of, uh, of the fact that, that, we can't do it on our own. Yep. All right. As iron sharpens iron. You got it. All right, brother. I don't know if dial up. I don't have to say this, but man, we just spoke to another high impact. Yes, man. we did. Absolutely. All right. Well, pennies, I really Thanks, appreciate man. you giving us your time, man. Yeah. So it's been a pleasure. It's yeah. been an honor. Yeah. God bless you and keep up the good work out there. Okay. Thanks guys. Appreciate y'all. Okay. Have a great night. See you buddy. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. I would like to thank our guests for joining us and sharing their story of becoming a high-impact man. More information and resources can be found at highimpactman.com. If you like this podcast, please consider following us on our social media pages or email us at him at highimpactman.com. That is H-I-M at highimpactman.com. The High Impact Man podcast has a new episode every week. And you can find them on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcast platforms. Have a great week, everyone.